been here for centuries, waiting for the right time to show themselves. By planning thoughts in the minds of men like Galileo, Newton, Edison, Einstein, and Steven Spielberg, they have prepared the human race for the inevitable encounter. Now, they are coming. They are coming for you. Run, but first close your windows, hide your apples, prepare for the attack of the android. And now, your host and the human leader of the android underground, Matt Lee. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Thursday, November 3rd, 2011, episode 7 of Attack of the Androids. Joining me tonight, we got a great cast of characters, Seth, back again, the normal hey, Matt. the normal group. What's going on, Seth? Good. <laughs> Eric, back Hey, again. how's it going? Good, good. Jeremy Lesniak. Our theme music scares me. Isn't it? I have nightmares about it. It's frightening. You missed the last couple shows, but you're back for episode 7. Good to have you back. Hey. Can't keep me down, man. That's good. That's good. The man can't either. And Joey, <laughs> Kelly, what's up, man? Hey, guys. How we doing tonight? Good, good. Got a ton of news to get through. Got uh, some more alleged Galaxy Nexus leaked release dates. Uh, got some random chit-chat about what you may consider the best Android podcast app to be. Uh, we got... I found a cool circle on Google Plus all about Android photography, so we'll talk about that. We got Dell Android tablets approved by the DoD. Uh, for termination, who knows? We'll uh, discuss that. Republic Wireless rolling out a $19 a month unlimited voice data text plan. Ooh, gonna put uh, gonna put the crunch on these uh, biopolies. Are they? They're not really monopolies, but uh, something like that. Uh, we got Motorola messing around with some femtocell tech. That's pretty interesting. Uh, all sorts of stuff. A, a new Siri uh, <laughs> Android clone that. Uh, well, we'll 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 you'll see you'll see. So, first off, Galaxy Nexus. Does anyone still not... Does anyone have it yet? Still not. Seth? No. Do you have one? <laughs> Sadly, no. No. None of us either. I heard November 3rd. That is today. We did not get it. Uh, now we hear the date. Rumored is November 17th. Does this... Uh, I've seen multiple lines of rumors for this date, so maybe? What do you guys think, Eric? Uh, I hope. I hope it comes out soon, and then I hope that I get the money to buy it. Right, right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we've seen a couple of things floating around. Like you said, we saw, like, Black Friday. We saw this. So, I mean, it's just wait and see at this point unless we get another leak. Right, and Eric, if you could, this is a PC show. It's African American Friday. We don't use uh, that term here. So. Um, yeah. I, I deeply apologize. Hey, that's all right. Don't apologize to me. Apologize to our African American listeners. Um, are you guys all going to try and get one of these? Is this the phone that you're all holding out for? Jared? Definitely not for me. No. What do you, What are you using? Feature phone still, Casio? What do you got? I am still using a telegraph. Ah, I have um, one of those, I, too. I hook it up to my CB radio, and I use it to send Morse code. Uh, no, I, I I am still stuck in future phones, uh, but I am excited about that future item that we have uh, coming up, which is that $19 a month plan uh, from that new cell phone carrier, because they are rumored to be using a modified Android handset to do that. 
Uh, excellent. We'll talk about that here in a minute, definitely. Um, Seth, are you getting a Nexus, a Galaxy yeah, Nexus? Yeah, yeah, I think I am. Although the HTC Resound that just came that just got released today, which we can talk about in a second, looks pretty sweet. Um, it's got a 720p screen too. It's got 1.5 gigahertz processor. It's got an 8 megapixel camera. The screen is a super LCD, so I mean those look pretty good. But I'd want to take a look at that compared to the Super AMOLED that's right. in the um, Prime. And we've not the Prime, the Galaxy Nexus. I, just, Galaxy I, Nexus. I still want to call it that. But, I know, me too. And we've seen and, Samsung has a really good track record of making beautiful screens. So I'm, I'm it hoping does. they You're continue. Exactly right. And and the and the uh, Resound is that the HTC. I, I have I, right now. I've got an HTC phone. I really like it. I've got the old Incredible. Um, but I had a Samsung Galaxy S phone for a while I used, which I also liked. Um, so I don't know yet which one is going to be. It, it'll probably be the Nexus because I like the Nexus line. I like the freedom that comes with the the Nexus line. Um, so I'll probably get the Nexus. But the Resound looks pretty nice. It's a lot thicker, though. It's twice as thick, if I remember right, as the Nexus. So. Yeah, it looks like a 5.1 by 2.6 by 0.54 length width uh, time. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, 4.3-inch right. diagonal Super LCD WVGA at 1280 by 720. This thing's rocking a 1.5 gigahertz Qualcomm. So that's... Yep. Not a dual core, but no, it, it is it is dual core. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, it's dual core. Yeah. So that's a little faster then. Well, it it depends how the the processor works because the the one point five Qualcomm could be a little different than a a one point you know Ti. The OMAP. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't think we've seen at least I haven't seen any like benchmarks of these. I'm sure they're out there. I just haven't looked at them yet. Um, but so far, it looks like that this thing flies. That the HTC Resound. Based on some of the hands-ons I've seen, it's just it just flies. So right. you know what I'm really I mean, I'm starting to dig about the HTC is that they're using those Beats Audio Tech, which is they yeah, comes sound awesome. They do. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think that these will be. You know, I I don't know, but my guess is that these aren't going to be their high end headphones. I mean, they can't be right because their Beats high end headphones cost like two hundred bucks. Oh wait, no, these aren't they? these aren't headphones they come with. They're using the Beats Audio Tech in the phone itself. Is, is yeah, uh, yeah, I... but no, it, it also comes with in earbuds. I think. Oh uh, well, from, from, yeah. I think it does. So do iPhones, but I'm going to put an asterisk on that. Sure, sure. But I think it comes with um with Beats earbuds. And then, you know, Engadget did an interesting review of the Beats Audio tech, and it seemed like all it was was an equalizer with, like, a certain with, – with certain settings that are made particularly for the headphones. That right, because that's Dr. Dre's thing, right? And he's been doing stuff with sound in his hip-hop and in just everything he produces by putting in these – really low resonating tones that you almost can't hear audibly but like i i read a lot about what he does and it there's a reason his beats go for like a quarter mil a piece <laughs> you know he's <laughs> there's something in there that when people hear it it clicks and it sinks with their brains and they just they love it they don't know why you know they just like i have to listen to this the question yeah, so, is is that a gimmick to sell phones or does it actually provide any kind of value well, so that's what that's what the consumer has to decide, right? Is if if you know try them on, if you feel like that particular equalizer settings, you know, is perfect for your own preferences, then you know maybe it's worth it. But I feel, but I think, if I remember right, that th- those settings can be obtained with any old equalizer app. 
That's you know what, what I, mean? I was it's, I was going to ask. Just, so can you get into the phone and adjust those settings then if you don't like how it came stock? I don't know. That'd be interesting to see. I, or I'm sure yeah. perhaps people will just I, make an app that does that. There, exactly. I know that there are presets. You know what I mean? So that like if you plug in the the Beats phones, the Beats headphones that come with it, I right. think they do again. Astra, um, it'll automatically somehow pick up that you've plugged in the compatible phones, and then it'll automatically switch to the Beats profile, is what they call it. And then there are other preset profiles you can pick if you're not using your Beats audio headset. If I, uh, you know, this is all really new technology. I think it's come out on the Sensation, the one in Europe. I don't think we have a Beats. This is the first Beats, I think, in the U.S. Right. So um, I, I'm, I'm basing this on, on the stuff I've read on the Sensation. I think LXE and LX or something like that. So. Well, that's cool. Uh, I, I think the bottom line is we're gonna we have a lot of really good Android devices coming out. Which uh, kind of leads us into this this interesting piece. Did you see this? That uh, they did a not really a study, but people looked at it and they said that Android hardware fails more than the competition, being uh, BlackBerry, being uh, iOS stuff. Now, I, obviously, they're not talking about the BlackBerry servers because you know they would they would win that uh, round. But um, repairs to Android smartphones cost wireless carriers in upwards of $2 billion a year, according to a new year-long WDS study that tracked 600,000 support calls around the globe. Now, how many of those calls were, uh, I was taking a leak and I totally dropped my phone in the toilet and then I peed on it? And now it doesn't work. <laughs> like, I, I, think, I think there's a few things we have to consider here. And, and are they dis- – I'm not seeing it. Are they disclosing – that this conclusion comes from total revenue dollars or are they factoring a market share? Well, they say one thing, and this is a quote, one thing we must absolutely be clear on is that our analysis does not find any inherent fault with the Android platform. Uh, Its openness has enabled the ecosystem to grow to a phenomenal size at a phenomenal rate, and it's this success that is proving challenging. So, and you're right, they, they could have studied... 600,000 droid heiress owners and, and you know compared to the the more top of the line stuff uh but they say 12.6% of all technical support calls related to android in the study were for hardware failures related to the touchscreen the buttons the speakers the microphones and battery performance and I, I think a lot of this though is that people they're not used to these devices being computers. They're still treating them like phones, so they're still slamming them down on the desk. They're still they're they're not taking the care that maybe a a computing device should deserve. You know, uh, they say just nine point three percent of Windows Phone, eight percent of iOS calls, and five point five percent of BlackBerry calls were related to hardware failures. So, interest, hmm. interesting numbers. Uh, I don't know that it really proves anything. I mean, you can you can get into the different demographics of, of the different kind of phone owners. Perhaps people that are Apple owners are more OCD, so they tend to take better care of their stuff, maybe. Uh, if well, they you, cost more, too. Exactly. If you have right. a higher and, end... And are they including, you know, these crap devices from... Well, I mean, you said phones, but, right. you know, how many crappy... Pantech? Yeah, exactly. Right. Pantech. Right. You know, Arcos doesn't make a phone, but if they did... They got some tablets. That would skew the, my God, rubbish. They, they make um, cheap, cheap Android tablets. They, right. You know, so, you know, whereas you've got your iOS devices that are, you know, 
there's only a few of them. They cost more. You know, it's a different market segment, and you know, this is a link bait article. It pisses me off. Right. We'll put crap together. Like and here's this. here's and I, what it comes down to: is the report found that the introduction of low cost hardware, a variety of software customizations, yeah. and the process for delivering OS updates to consumers were all resulting in operators' retail operations and their return and repairs processes being stretched. Now, I had this experience with my first droid, the, the OG uh, Motorola droid. The headphone jack, like, it wasn't one piece in the body like the Droid X is. It, it was inside of, like, a case, and it got loose after a while of, you know, every time that I... happened to mine, too. Right, and I sent it back, and the next one I got, it had a little defect where the seal around the edge of the keyboard didn't seal, so it got dust in the upper left-hand corner of the screen. But the headphone jack worked. But then the next one I got, like, everything was perfect on it. So they, they worked out some of those bugs, but I'm sure me returning both of those phones went into this, you know. But I, I had the insurance and everything, but I'm sure the carriers still pay for it. Well, the thing is, you know, you, you, you have to look at the comparison for, say, you know, BMW versus your Chevrolets and your Fords. Right, exactly. You're low You're talking yeah, you talk about a completely different class, both in terms of expense and perceived quality and whatnot. I mean, the the nice part about Android being free is that you can have as many manufacturers producing as many different devices as you want, right. which turns the phone into a commodity, and commodities do tend to have problems uh, where they will go into a lower quality section well, and before check this out. They, flushing out. They mentioned battery. Now, if, if your Droid X has a battery problem, you just go get a new battery, no problem. But if your iOS or your iPhone has a battery problem, do you have you have to take that in, right? I mean, how many people know how to take their iPhones apart and get at that battery? Probably not many. Not many, right? And the, the iPhone four, at least, or in the four S, has that glass screen that breaks all the time, or that glass backing. Like that it people cracks? complain about all the time, and I wonder if that's included on this hardware, ma- you know, defect if. I mean, because that's the thing, right? I and mean, it sounds like are these just defects, you know, that aren't consumer it related? It almost sounds like consumer related defects, though. I don't, I don't know. It's it's not exactly clear on the the two sides someone, of it. If someone drops their iPhone and breaks the back, right? That's not a defect per se, right? That's right, a, and that's why I said about the consumer, whole dropping it yeah, in water. A, if your battery, error. why is your battery broke? Well, because it fell in the water and I peed on it. <laughs> like, well, yeah, duh. Yeah. That has well, I think it. I think it's really important, though, you know, to dig a little bit deeper into this. Um, like, I'm I'm trying to read through it and get to the actual source material. And having worked in this sort of uh, call center environment, to um, you know, both on the phones and in a more of a support role, right? You know, it really makes a difference if you you know, are you getting your data independently? Um, are you getting your data from the people that are actually taking these support calls? Did BlackBerry because, do this study? <laughs> because they well, were the lowest. That would yeah, be I mean, there's there's really important questions that have to be answered. Sure. And bottom line is, you know, when they're saying that, you know, these calls consisted of, you know, touchscreen, button, microphones, battery performance, that could be somebody calling in saying, um, you know, I'm really mad because, you know, my this phone only lasts six hours and my previous feature phone lasted me two days. Yeah, exactly. It's like, well, this phone has a 4.7-inch screen that needs a lot of juice to power it. But now think of, of this also. <clears throat> How many people are calling in because they've installed stupid apps? Those stupid apps have caused a legitimate amount of lag on their device, and now they think they have touchscreen problems. That's Good not... Point. 
that's not hardware failure. That's dummy user failure, you know? At the end of the oh. day, I mean, I think that I, I would not be surprised to see that Android has more of these issues just because there's, you know, there is so much variation between um, hardware manufacturers. Right, and the key so, is the low-end devices. You get that lower price point, you're going to appeal to way more people. They're like, oh, a smartphone, this one looks like the iPhone. <laughs> Sorry, Samsung. But, you know, and, and then you, you get these problems because clearly they still are using it as a feature phone, not realizing that, look, these things have RAM, they have memory that you have to keep track of sometimes. You know, the OS, if you have a good one, will do that for you for the most part. I find with my CM7, the way my assist control settings are set, I have to reboot it about once every couple days. Otherwise, they'll start getting some lag. But in those two days, it's super fast. So I could turn that down to where it's releasing the cache more often, but then it's not as quick. So it, it depends. Do you, can you deal with rebooting every couple days, or do you want to run you know forever? So... Um, impact of returns on device profitability. Do you th- do you think these returns are going to end up costing us more in the long run, or no. will they? They'll just eat that cost as a cost of business. It's built in. Right. It's going to be built in okay. cost. Uh, hardware faults are of one particular concern to carriers because they're very expensive to fix. Software configuration faults can typically be rectified by the customer service representative remotely, either through manual config or an over-the-air update. Uh, however, they say hardware faults often result in the device being returned and entered into an expensive reverse logistics process for repair or replacement. So, well, don't go buy a Ford Fiesta. <laughs> go buy a Monte Carlo, you know? Well, there was a statistic at one point, um, and I don't know how accurate it was, that one technical support call to pick your your major hardware manufacturer uh Dell HP whatever would cancel out all of the profit from the machine that you were calling about if right. that's the case for phones you've got to multiply that by millions of handsets out there sure. so i'm hoping that there's a bigger intrinsic margin in these things because otherwise we're going to be bankrupting people with just one customer service call yeah <laughs> phones have a much bigger margin uh the margin on the iPhone from the point where Apple sells it back to, well, I mean, that's not really the margin we're talking about, but the iPhone 4S margin is somewhere close to 100%. It's ridiculous. Uh, There's a lot more margin built into these devices than, you know, your HP Pavilion notebook where HP makes $3.50 selling it to Staples. So I think they can can handle it. Doesn't it also depend, like, if you're a Samsung... I guess the the Galaxy Nexus they're not using their own chips because their chips are going to what Apple, but certain, that's one of the places. <clears throat> certain companies maybe if you do more of that stuff in house, you would save a little bit more money. So you're even though your device is a little cheaper, it's not like a low end device. You're just getting better deals. So yeah, interesting study. I guess uh, I would like to know more about you know the kinds of uh, people that are calling in, but. Uh, we got a, a new uh, Google Plus update for the mobile for Android here. They're uh, kind of working towards bringing things more to the the ice cream sandwich. We just saw yesterday, or maybe some of you guys saw it before that, the, the new Gmail look. Uh, Reader got it. Uh, what else? Maps got it. The map update for Android also has it. So they're kind of tying together their, um, their visual UI with, um, with that Google Plus look. Which, I don't know, what do you guys think about it, Seth? Are you, you down with the, the whole 
I heard this on on a show today the the plusification of Google. <laughs> um, yeah. I like I like the overall move that Google's making both in their web design and in their um, even Android design, like like um, uh, with ICS. Know, uh, ice cream sandwich and things like that. Right. And, I mean, honeycomb to an extent, but mostly ice cream sandwich recently. Of uh, really taking design seriously. I don't know if I absolutely love the new Gmail design and all those other designs. They're, they don't bother me, per, you know, precisely. The Google Reader new design kind of bothers me a bit. I, I almost like the old design better. Well, in Google but, Reader, that was more, that wasn't just a theme redesign. They actually right. moved around some functionality and whatnot. Right. Trying so so design-wise, I'm happy that Google's starting to take that seriously because they didn't at one point. It right. was all just engineering, it seemed like to me. It was all And so I'm really happy that they're doing that because that really matters. It was all scattered, but, and they're tying it together now, which is good. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's also good to see some unification across their different platforms or different, you know, products or whatever. So I'd like to uh, see more. As for the actual, the social aspect of all the social stuff, uh, I mean, honestly, Google Plus is not, um, it doesn't seem like it's taking off like a, I mean, it started off and it was really popular. It seems like it's dying down a little bit and Google's still trying to like, as hard as they can to make everything social. And it may work eventually and I don't think it would bother me necessarily. But I think right now it's it doesn't really affect my use of their products. I don't I don't plus one all that much. I don't you know share with all my Google Plus friends all that much. Maybe it'll happen more as more and more people do it. Well, what do you but, are you a Facebook, Twitter? What do you what's your social platform? Of yeah, choice? I guess I do. I mean, I read Twitter a fair amount. I post a little bit on it. Um, so is it just so, because that's where all of your friends are and maybe you don't have people that you want to interact with socially on Google plus yet or are you just yeah, not it may, be, it may be that I, it may be that so I've noticed a lot that the the conversation on Facebook is a lot it's almost Twitter-esque the comments are almost always under 140 characters and I, I know that's not you know it, it's kind of a instinctive weird random thing I doubt people are like ooh this is a little too long but it's because we all started with Twitter and then we went to Facebook, or that's how I did at least. And so we kind of brought that 140 character limit with us. But Google Plus almost seems to invite a more, not really intellectual, but a more thought out, you know, response to the things people are posting. And on the other side of it, the things that people are posting seem more thought out than like, oh, here's a picture of my kids at Halloween. Yay. Like that's that's Facebook so I, stuff. Google Plus is like here's you know I don't know something. It, it's almost more techy. It seems like no matter. It's, I agree with that 100. percent I just don't know how that is gonna how like you know tying in my Google Reader or my Gmail to Google Plus is gonna affect. You mean because you're right. It, it does seem it's more like almost mini blogs with deep thoughts and comments, and I, I do like that part of it. So right, and I, I find myself doing. Sorry, Joe. I find myself doing the same thing that when I have something real in depth and thought out to say. I'll post it on Google Plus and then I'll copy paste it on Facebook. But if it's short, just like random, here's something stupid I thought of. I'll post that on Twitter and on Facebook, but I won't put it on Google Plus. So it, it it's almost like they've built the social platform for geeks, in essence. I think but that how- all three are very different. Right. Um, I think that Twitter has – Twitter is still something that I think people are sorting out exactly what, what it's going to mean long term. It's a exactly real-time news platform. That's what Twitter is. I just it's a real-time short it burst. It, 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 it's like a like an international party line. 
and you have it's to like IRC. Kind of, it's IRC. People hop in yeah. and people hop out, and we get now. Right. See, I use it and pipe it into these curation programs that use algorithms, and they learn my own likings and whatnot. And so it it takes the signals from all of my Google reader feeds and my Facebook and my Twitter, and I get one you know output of here's what you're into, and it, it's really right on. It works really well if you use it that way. But I, I rarely go to the Google Reader site. Like I have, uh, we'll, we'll talk about this next, the, the best podcast app uh, for Android. I use BeyondPod. I link that to my Google Reader. So whenever I have, you know, a ton of feeds in Google Reader, but only a certain amount in BeyondPod. But I can go in there at any time on the fly and, you know, bring in more or delete some. And I use it that way. It, it almost seems like it's, it's better to use it as a third party uh, app than, you know, going to Reader and using it that way. So uh, some more uh, Google Plus notes on version 2.1. They got a completely new visual design, some battery life improvements, navigation, and performance improvements. Uh, I've noticed all of these. It is much snappier. The messaging is much snappier. I like it. Uh, Brand new posting UI, which looks nice. Several bug fixes. Support for Google Apps users. Any of you guys uh, Google Apps users? Not personally, but we have no. My firm has a number of clients. So, right. Yeah, uh, we had one for Groovy Post, but I didn't. I use so much stuff to my personal Gmail account, like I didn't want to split that, you know. So I just kind of forward everything to my main one, which is not an apps account. And I'm kind of glad. I've I've heard listening to different tech podcasts that people that have apps accounts, what they do work well with is what they were made for, like what you bought the apps account in the first place, but. Any time something new comes out, like you're always last to the game, it seems like, and that I don't know, I, I didn't want that. Well, I I can tell you that for uh, for Groovy Post, I do utilize uh, our Google Apps account, and that's mainly because I get so much email in my personal email that I I sort of want to keep that separate. Right. Um. So you know, when it comes to getting things later, whatever, like I'm always going to be on the edge because I'm going to have my personal account. Well, let still. me ask you. So you would rather you'd rather check two different clients than just have it all forward into one and have filters or auto uh, scripts sort that stuff for you? Yeah, I, I tried doing that a little bit, um, you know, uh, maybe like six, eight months ago with a couple of other email accounts. I just think that the Gmail application on Android, which is what I mainly use, um, it does a really good job of keeping that separate, but right. also allowing me to go to one place to, to get all my email. You know, basically, I just get a notification, and I tap on the notification, and it sends me to the right inbox. Right. And that's key, too, the way the notifications are separate like that. So you don't have to think about where you're going. It'll just pop you into, you know, whichever one happened to uh, trigger the, the notification. So Yeah. One, one of the big problems, though, that I've noticed um, that I've been looking for uh, some sort of fix on is that when you do have these two accounts, whether it be two personal accounts or a personal and an apps account, uh, it really does kind of screw up your... Uh, your uh, Google market experience, uh, especially if your main account is, um, isn't f- uh, further up the alphabet than your secondary account. Really? Interesting. Yeah. So it, it looks like Google automatically defaults to, um, you know, alphabetically to the, uh, to the account that is the highest in the alphabet. Hmm. So for me, since my name's Eric, that means that it's my, um, Google apps account. Right. So all of my purchases, all of my apps that I've downloaded, um, you know, whenever I want to download updates, it's automatically defaulting to the wrong thing. Hmm. So there are some weird little quirks that I found, but overall, I mean, I kind of like having the Google Apps. 
Nice. And then uh, they, they added the ability to sign out, <laughs> which is that default? Like, sh- if you have to sign into an app, should the ability to sign out just kind of go without saying? I mean, I get maybe because it's a Google app, like uh, Google Talk on your Android doesn't let you really sign. I mean, you can tell it to sign out, but if not, it's always signed in. So, and then uh, you can add people to a circle from circle profiles. So, check that out, the new uh, Google Plus app. And uh, I know the last release, they allowed if you had a, a front-facing camera in your device, you could do you could join Hangouts with your phone. You couldn't start one, but you could actually join. So, it sounds like they've added some improvements and performance to that as well. Have any of you guys noticed that, um, you know, when you're going to Google Plus in a web browser, you can post a link and it will sort of create like a little preview of the website in your post. Um, Has anybody tried to do that on the mobile device? I don't think that it has that capability. Not on mobile. I've I've noticed it on, it'll pull like an image from the site and... When I post stuff like about the jam hole, it because of how some of the images are, they're uh, mapped. So it's like it'll pull in one piece of an image, you know. So it's not totally right on, or maybe that's my bad for designing that way. But yeah, I haven't tried it uh, on the mobile yet. I'd be interested to see because that that's all uh, what HTML five that does that on the fly. It sends the the crawl out, gets gets a copy of what it looks like, and then you know thumbnails it for you. Yeah, I believe that's how it works. I, I just know I was messing around with it, and that seemed to be like a, a feature hole. Maybe that'll be something that they uh, update in the future. Yeah. Uh, we got some DoD news. It looks like they finally approved uh, an Android tablet. Guess whose it is? I'll give you a hint. Dude, you're getting a blank. Keep this G rated. Keep this G rated. <laughs> a piece of crap. Okay, good, Jeremy. Uh, Seth, what do you think, dude? You're getting a blank. <laughs> it, it, it. <laughs> yeah, it's def- I mean, yeah, it's Dell. It's the streak, right? Isn't that what they? The streak five. All right. Wow. And you Which, know what? You know, this is just a perfect fit between you know, like DoD bureaucracy picking. The Dell Streak 5 as their a, tablet. I you know a, what I mean? It's like, are you kidding me? I have a theory. <laughs> I have a, uh, a couple friends that may or may not allegedly work for the DOD. And the theory is um, companies that are federal get massive breaks from Dell. Um, back when I used to work for an airport here, we ordered all brand new computers because they were using DOS <laughs> and Lotus. Um and we got massive, massive discounts from Dell. Schools do, I know, as well. So I wonder if that, because of how much they're kind of budget-focused and how broke they are, I wonder if that played any uh, sort of role in their choice. They, they're like, Maybe. who's, who's going to hook us up with the best discount? And Dell was like, dude, <laughs> right here, right here. <laughs> I, I, I think hope you were... something like... Go ahead. You're ascribing far too much logic to this process. True. This, this is the DOD. Nothing to do with budget. These these folks can buy hundreds of millions of dollar airplanes. Sure. The, if sure. they want to, you know, they were not penny pinching over Dell streaks versus HP touchpads. Right. Can you imagine whatever. though? Like them- what happened was Dell made a bunch of Dell streaks, and they went, "Oh crap! Nobody bought these because they're junk." 
because we're Dell and we made a five inch tablet and then we tied a data plan to it because <laughs> we were all drunk when we came up with this concept. <laughs> and somebody, some lobbyist went down to Washington and took somebody out for some PBRs and said, hey, we've got these Dell streaks in the warehouse. What do you got in your pocket? He's like, about $23. He said, sold. Sold. Not even going to eBay them. Sold. I'm pretty They're sure that's what happened. But you have to take them right now. <laughs> right. Now, can right. you imagine these guys, like, using their Dell Streak 5 tablets to control their drones, and all of a sudden, like, it blue screens or whatever the Dell Streak 5 tablet is going to do when it crashes, and then drones just go nuts. And then we have Johnny 5 short circuit style flying around bombing things. It's going to happen. You watch. And I know I know. we talked about last week a little bit the Galaxy Note, you know, Samsung's new 5-inch, what is it? Is it 5.3, I think it is? Yeah, with the 5. stylus. 5.3-inch, um, you know, stylus. phablet is what I think <laughs> The phablet. It. Don't call me that. Um, <laughs> that could be interesting from a DoD perspective. It's got a little stylus that you could maybe do. I don't know. They should. That would be that. That one would make more sense to me. I feel like because and that's it's also not been a... getting people have been. You know, we've got some more hands-on reviews in this last week or hands-on experiences with it, and um, people have been loving it or they've been really liking it. You know, there's there's always the caveat that it may be too big, but last week we were sort of dismissive of that big of a screen or that big of a phone, but you know maybe we need to re-examine that and um, maybe the big screen is worth the little extra size. That it's worth the extra three seconds to be like, hold on, miss. I have to pull out my stylus. <laughs> I, you know, I think there are, appli- <laughs> there are applications for every screen size. Oh, for but, sure. But in in most cases, those are going to be niche. You've got phone size, which is you know three to four inch, and then you've got you the know phablet. personal tablet, which is ten to I would argue eleven or even twelve inch. I want a and anything in between inch. is going to be a niche application like car audio. Right, right. Embeddable or systems, refrigerator, or sure. you know something like that. I won't. Yeah, yeah. I could. I w- that would be kind of cool. A little little screen on the fridge, like hey, hey Iris, mm. hey Irie, <laughs> get me a get me a beer. And it's like no, you said you would quit drinking. Shut up, Irie. Get me a gut. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> where's my wife mm. beater? Stella. Stella. I want a 23-inch widescreen tablet, and I want it. I want to like carry it around on my back. I think that'd be You're nice. not gonna believe who makes one of those. Get out of here, Microsoft. Is it called nope. the Table or what was that one called way back when? Surface. It looked like Pac-Man. Those old school Surface. Pac-Man. They're, they're still producing that, by the way. For what? Rich people. They- I, I think it's it's more uh, an excuse to to sell off some of their R and D and get people to talk sure. about it, like us going, who buys that? Sure, yeah, me and all my nerdy rich tech friends. That's who you know. I never. It's a, use it's a it gimmick for all those completely. expensive hotels, like the five star ones. Yep. Now, if you could make it run Galaga, then you know now we're talking. You put Mame Four Droid on there or something. Sure, play a little Gauntlet, get the Calera server running. Hell yeah, Gauntlet. <laughs> so uh, the Defense Information Systems Agency has published a security technical implementation guide for the Dell Android mobile platform. Uh, the agency used, like we said, the Dell Streak 5 to achieve the certification, anticipating adoption of next year's line of Dell's Android devices throughout the military. Uh, you know, de- if, yeah. if the DoD really wanted to be helpful, rather than doing this, <laughs> they would offer yeah. some investment into Android that they could contribute back. Yeah. 
as part of the open source project. Like some backdoor encryption? Wow, we could source any of these and flip a switch, load an app, whatever, and it's all locked down. Do you think we're going to see that same issue with Amazon, not putting back into the the development line what they uh, upgrade on their own personal version of Android? I think and- I think Amazon's doing very little yeah. with what with what they have. I mean, we'll we'll see, but I don't think they're doing a whole lot, so I don't think there's much to contribute back. Right. I can't see them going in there and like doing kernel tweaks and stuff. They're probably more uh, concerned with how quickly it can access their APIs and that sort of thing. I think they're just remo- I think they're removing things and loading their own apps. They're making it a kiosk and exactly. a way it's a it's a uh, a portal into buying more crap from Amazon that you probably don't need. I mean, go ahead, but y- you'll you'll you know survive what? without I, it. I got to say, Matt, that is probably the best analogy I have heard as to what the Nook and the Kindle Fire are supposed to be. It, it it's a Exactly. It's a kiosk. It's a limited functionality device designed to project an experience onto you. Yeah, and I just I say that because I used to work for a guy that he saw the kiosk Internet Ways commercial on late night TV, and he's like, I'm going to get rich in Kalispell, Montana. And we had these Gumby-looking kiosks that were Linux that we were charged with locking down and making, you know, making it work. And this was this was probably almost I don't know five seven years ago, and so his whole thing was people are gonna go to the mall and they're gonna check their email and then they're gonna send a video postcard with this crap that it was so terrible, especially when you're paying by the minute and you're sitting there like waiting for this thing to do its thing. Uh, terrible idea, but it Didn't was you just described text messaging now. Kind of, huh? <laughs> A terrible idea that I still pay for for Unlimited, which I don't even and, know why. I have, it I, takes too long. I got two random text messages today. On, on the comedy show I do, I throw my uh, Google Voice number out, and that goes to my cell phone, but not, not my actual cell phone number. So I'm like, hey, text me, you know. I got two random texts today from these kids in California that are like, dude, we love your show. Oh, my God, I can't believe I'm talking to you right now. I was like, get the f- get out of here. This has to be a joke, right? You have fans. It was so weird. Like, usually people that text are people I talk to, like, on the show and stuff. But these were totally random. They're like, you said we could text you, right? I was like, yeah, I did, I guess. That's cool. But, yeah, I, we, we're using things like Google Voice, and we're using things like the Messenger on Google+. Plus. Why are people still paying for unlimited text? Because I guess not everyone's using it, right? Not everyone knows. Right. I can't Google Plus my mom. I have to, you know, send her a text. But, um, well, and pretty much every data plan nowadays comes with unlimited text. So, I mean... It- it it's just inflates. In. Why not? It inflates that overall price, though. Like a buck twenty for four hundred and fifty phone minutes, which I have Google Voice, except that on Verizon it uses your minutes anyway, so that's kind of pointless. Um, and then unlimited text and unlimited data. Back when they offered that, that's a kind lot of, like of money. Sixty percent of AOL's revenue coming from yeah. broadband <laughs> users that still pay for the dial-up. Right. Who who have called multiple times to say disconnect my damn service, and I keep getting a bill, and I keep paying it because I'm a good citizen. Listen, and until this, until like Google Voice gets more integrated with carriers, uh, it's it's not going to happen. Text messaging is going to be around for a while because do you know how hard 
it was to get my parents on a smartphone. Right. I'm not going to sit on the phone with them and teach them how to. You're not going you know, to FaceTime? Text messaging up to Google Voice. Hey, mom, ask Siri how to FaceTime with me. It'll be fun. Iris, how do I text message? <laughs> Iris. Should I get on Jitterbug? Yeah, all right. One button. <laughs> calls 911 I'll, I'll, I'll see you for christmas um so to finish this up uh it says dell worked with good technologies to secure the os so military personnel will have secure access to email documents and a partition system of android and other business applications the dod can send information securely from microsoft exchange-based servers and network ops centers through goods mobile device manager to streak five devices so they're getting the devices and then they have this company good technologies that's doing all the security it sounds like isn't this what whisper core uh moxie marlin spike was working on too how to like you know sd encryption and then you know built-in encryption and uh syncing with exchange stuff pretty interesting and these are people's main beef like it's not ours obviously unless you're in uh enterprise but People always complain that, you know, their their Android device isn't as securable. It's like, well, it is if you know how, I guess. But that's how it goes. So good job, DOD. Dodd. <laughs> uh, tell me about Republic Wireless. Who knows about this? Joey, you sent me an invite for this. Yeah, this is uh, a tip I, I got. Actually, shout out to my grandfather for that. Um it's He's a got a new... jitterbug on here or what? Sorry? <laughs> He's got a jitterbug rocking on Republic Wireless? Ironically, no. He actually has a feature phone on T-Mobile. All right, so check this out. RepublicWireless.com slash preview. It says, on November 8th, everything changes. And you know what? On November 5th, isn't Facebook going to go down, supposedly? And some banks or something? Remember, remember, the f- anyone following that? Okay, so... Dear cell phone world, you are overdue for a serious evolution. You are OSSIS set in stone, your 21st century tech, married to a 20th century business model. But we've moved on. All of us. We don't just want wireless. We want stringless. As a matter of fact, we want it on. We're responsible adults. We drive cars. We vote. We smoke weed. We drink, and we definitely join together to make a new kind of wireless network. One for us. One, in fact, that is us. All your base. In other words, we have our own operating system. It's called Freedom, and it works. Sorry for the short notice. November 8th is practically tomorrow. But, hey, that's how it goes. Future happens fast around here. Yours truly, Republic Wireless. I have to tell you, I love that. That is one like, hell of a marketing hey, uh, I, 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 I feel like my, my version was edited. Right. <laughs> Mine too. From I, one I cell didn't, company... I didn't see everything that you just read off. I want to read your webpage. Right. <laughs> From one cell company to another, here's the middle finger. And it's happening in four days. What's up now? So, uh, yeah, tell us about this, Joey. This is interesting. Well, it sounds... To me, ironically, like an old idea that's being recycled. Uh, a few years ago, T-Mobile offered a service, maybe they still do, uh, called uh, T-Mobile Hotspot at Home. Basically, it was a slightly modified router that you could purchase or you could use your own. And you could purchase a special phone through them which had a Wi-Fi access card in it. 
basically ah. it would access your wireless internet or the wireless internet of any other wireless network that was around or any T-Mobile hotspot that was in your area, and it would go out over the internet and use voice over IP protocols, much right. like we're doing with Skype, right? to make phone calls. And the kicker was it, they said it was free unlimited calls as long as you were on the Wi-Fi. Right. They also said that you could transition from the Wi-Fi to a cell phone tower should you run out of the range of the Wi-Fi. Still I had the thing for almost a year. Uh, it didn't work once in that <laughs> respect. Huh. Um, but, I mean, the thing was, the appeal of free calls, nationwide long distance, unlimited minutes, have at it, this is was phone, an amazing selling point. This is phone freaking. This is a blue box. Yeah, this is essentially a, 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 digital... a magic carpet ride. You right. Know, this is... This is your. This is the awesomeness thing. So, the catch was yeah. they had it set up that you had to have a minimum amount of minutes, oh. and and of course by that a minimum cost in order to reach the in order to be able to qualify for this. And if I remember right, there was also a monetary minimum too. So right. you you couldn't just get away with having X number of minutes on a cheap plan. You had to have certain amount of money per month that you were spending with them, and then you had to add this on. It was an additional. It was it was substantial. I think it was around ten dollars a month or twenty dollars a month to have this unlimited free calls. The catch was it didn't work as well as advertised. However, it did work better than I thought it was going to. Right. Uh, but the fact of the matter was you had to have a thousand minute plan in order to qualify to have this feature. Plus you then were shelling out another, I think it was somewhere between 10 and $20 a month on top of that. And at the time you had, you had this uh, thing through T-Mobile where you could have five favorite numbers that you could call. Well, between all three of those, I was only using about 100 minutes a month, so it wasn't worth spending the additional 20 bucks to have this unlimited calling thing, which was almost un almost unusable. Uh, or, or, well, not unusable, impractical. But that's what the uh, that's what these guys are trying to do, the Republic Wireless. My guess is that they're not actually using the cell phone as a cell phone. They're right. using the cell phone as a 3G-enabled uh, essentially uh, wireless data device, not unlike uh, the, the USB adapters that you'd plug yeah, into yeah. a laptop. And they're using voice over IP either through Skype or Google Voice or something that they've hooked into for a deal so that they can use data plans, wholesale data plans, to make phone calls, send text messages, and provide data. The... One thing I read on the subject was that they were going to be using Sprint towers when you didn't have access to Wi-Fi. Well, the catch on that is that Sprint, although supposedly a wireless carrier, uh, excuse me, a, a national wireless carrier, has large gaps in their network. Um, they have almost no presence in my area at all. Um, I don't know about Montana, Matt. They got anything up there? Very recently, and they bought a couple of what Altel and uh, some other place up. So they're uh, yeah, yeah. So I mean, they are expanding, and I'll give them that. But um, they're not um, by by no means are they what I would consider to be a a large force, at least in this area, um, for 
wireless service. But the thing is, for $20 or $19 a month, unlimited data, unlimited texts, unlimited voice, even if it only works on your Wi-Fi at your house, this is still a very cheap way to have a a quote-unquote landline. Right. Well, and think about it this way. How many people have the worst service at their house? Like, I know so many, and maybe it's because where I live, but I know so many people that barely get service at their house. So this would be perfect for that. Yep. And I I used, uh, I know a lot of people that have like the Magic Jack, for instance. yeah, yeah. And this is the mobile replacement for the Magic Jack. <laughs> the mobile Magic Jack. Because it would allow you to have that sort of uh, Magic Jack functionality, but still retain a mobile phone. And I think that that may be the market that they're going for. They've managed to negotiate a very aggressive contract with somebody, and they're going to be able to pull this off. The catch is that we don't know until we try. But getting back to what I think it was Jeremy was saying earlier about text messaging padding uh, the cell phone carrier's plans, the $19 a month is less than what most people are paying for an unlimited texting plan on a line. Uh, my carrier charges twenty nine ninety nine for that. Right. If I can buy this for 19 I save myself $10 a month. Yeah, i got to have two numbers, but if I've got Google Voice, that's not a problem either. Right. Now, this is using some uh, special Android version. What are the chances that's going to get updates at all? Zero. You think? Uh, so that's going to be a zero. problem, right? Um, unless you're simply using it to send texts and you're not using it like a full Android device. But, yeah, I can, I can see it definitely not getting updates. This company is going to be done within six months. You think I so? Put money on it. Great yeah. idea, Just, poor business model, or what? It's t- There's no way that $19 a month can cover their expenses. Ah, interesting. Okay, because if you're if you're marketing at nineteen dollars a month, you're not going to be able to sell the phone with any kind of subsidy. So then your right. nineteen dollar a month plan means you've got to spend the, the break even even on a cheap phone is in the two to three hundred dollar range. Who's going to spend two hundred and fifty dollars on a phone to spend nineteen dollars a month on it? Nobody. Right. It says here, a number of carriers offer handsets that support unlicensed mobile access, this UMA uh, service. Republic, which is a division of broadband.com, claims its service is being built from scratch, so customers will have to buy a custom handset running a version of Google's Android. Uh, The company hasn't announced a handset uh, or its selling price, so... The only other thing I can see that might help offset is them selling ads against it. Sure. But mobile ads don't generate the revenue that they're going to need. Well, and this is Android. I just put an ad blocker on. Now what? Sure. And, so. and let's just take a look at their website. And I know that, that listeners aren't going to see this. Maybe they'll go check out the website. Right. RepublicWireless.com. It's a bucket of parts. For all we know, you have to build your own damn phone. <laughs> it's a kit. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, the geek in me says, hey, that's a pretty cool idea. Maybe I kind of want to. Yeah, right? <laughs> I do. But I'm going to take you know, apart e- my e- new... Even their website's terrible. Well, it's Here's it's some pieces waiting. of a phone. Isn't that... Get, doesn't that really, like, lure you in, though? Like, you want to sign up and on November 8th see what the hell this is? I did. Well, of course. I already gave him my email sure. address. <laughs> Why not? I got 10. But That's I gave fine. everybody my email address. Right. <laughs> well, it'll be interesting. Uh, Giga Omalik uh, wrote about it here. Uh, $19 a month, all VoIP. No bandwidth caps, which will also be interesting. Who 
who are they getting their bandwidth from and how do they feel about that? You know, I'd, I'd be interested to see. It, it's coming from Sprint. Right. If you look through the, if you look through that, just, that yeah. link that we put up there, uh, it, it's Sprint. And Sprint is also the carrier that every single prepaid. Right. Cricket carrier, or not with cricket, the exception the, of yeah. uh, track phone and their subsidiaries. Right. Everybody's using Sprint, Virgin and, and whatnot. It's all Sprint. So I've got to assume that Sprint is selling off stuff super cheap, probably because they're hemorrhaging users every quarter. Right. They're buying wholesale minutes. Right. But uh, not in just... terms of coverage, um, you know, in our area, they're the third of the four. You know, only T-Mobile has less coverage in our area. Right. Well, it'll be interesting if they can get what if what if, what if they can get deals with all of the major carriers to do this? Would that just never happen, or would that maybe? I don't. Uh, well, the problem with with all of the major carriers is now you have to start playing two different uh, technologies. Uh, plus, you have to start playing two diff- uh, many different frequency ranges. So hmm. then you wind up with a phone. If you were to create one phone... That's what they were doing on the homepage. They were creating that one phone. See what he's doing with the screwdriver? He's sweeping Mm. frequencies. Yeah, I I see where you're going with that. But (laughs) the problem is that if you were to create one phone that operated on all frequencies, on all technologies across the country in order to cover all carriers, Mm. but only have one phone, it would have to be more expensive because you would have to have a larger... Well, not larger, but a more powerful processor. Excuse me, I'm not saying pro- I'm saying the wrong words here. More a more powerful transmitter receiver with different options, and it would more than likely be bulkier uh, because of that. It would have to have additional antennas. You might have to have two different sizes of antennas to get to hit different frequency ranges, or the thing would just not work very well on anything. Right. Well, I don't. I don't necessarily think that's true. I mean, just from reading about the technology, you know, basically what you're doing is you have a standard GSM antenna, um, and you then you have a Wi-Fi antenna. And the important piece of technology is the technology that lets them switch between one another seamlessly or close to seamlessly to where you know the customer doesn't uh, you know doesn't hear you know doesn't get disconnected or anything like that. So. You know, with Sprint and with Verizon, um, you know, moving away from CDMA technology, it's not, you know, it's out of, not out of the realm of possibility that they could uh, cut deals with the other carriers. Um, the problem they'd run into there is how much will their costs go up um, and how long will they be able to hang on to that $19 a month price point. Right. And do you dual band it, GSM and CDMA, to for all the carriers or do you make two different devices like well, it has been in the past? You might be able to. Um, I know I was doing a little research into this, uh, specifically thinking about um, Google's acquisition of uh, Motorola Mobility. Sure. And I know that they were um, granted some patents uh, a couple of years ago uh, around a lot of this UMA and femtocell stuff, um, specifically around C- the CDMA implementation of that. So maybe in the short term, uh, you know, there's a market for Google to uh, to pair up or uh, with this company or at least provide handsets that will work right and uh this article on pc world they say phones using unlicensed mobile access networks began appearing back in 07 uh, at&t and cincinnati bell were among the early adopters the networks along with femto cells like you mentioned were introduced to address the problems many households have getting good cell phone reception basically 
Femtocells are small cellular base stations that use cell technology to communicate with a handset, but then they route the traffic to a fixed mobile broadband connection. Or not mobile, but a fixed, you know, like your, your cable or whatever, uh, or your Wi-Fi. Uh, the UMA services require that you be locked into a special phone that supports the tech. Uh, drawback that some people think that's why, you know, it's been so slow to adopt because of you have to have that one phone and... I mean, I guess you can make your own, like you said. We <laughs> just order the kit, but well, I think that's the that specific technology just for the switching. So, um, unless I'm wrong, I believe that you know, like my parents have a femto cell in their house because uh, they get really bad reception. Right. Um, it says- for some reason, that's like a dead zone. Um, so the it's not a problem of can my phone connect to it. It's a problem of when I start walking away. Will I maintain my call or will disconnect and I'll have to reconnect on the right. regular you know, GSM or CDMA network? Right. And it says that any cell phone can use these femtocells. So I don't know. It'll be interesting have, to see what comes of it. Have you guys scrolled all the way to the right on this web page? I didn't notice it at first. Oh, whoa. Oh, whoa. <laughs> Holy shit. All right. So for the huh. listeners, there are jumper cables. Yeah. A Allen dismantled halo yeah. figurine. Some neon uh, lighting. The PCB a hammer. from something from like 1983. Some Pro uh, Mix. Ca- a hammer. A hammer. A little plastic ray gun. <laughs> That's awesome. Like some African lion. Club. Yeah. So oh, what man. we're looking at here, this this is clearly a startup. This is not an established Is that a halo firm. character? You know, they talked about it as bandwidth.com. I and a hacky sack. It's not going anywhere. This is important. This isn't, There's a this hacky isn't real sack. stuff. There's a hacky is... sack. Get out of here. That's real. And a yeah, sink. if I can provide some feedback, they should have just cut it off right at the hands. I don't need to scroll right and see the a know, baby? creepy baby. <laughs> the 19 baby? What is that? Good God. Huh. Well, Fun fact, though, I think they that throw in a free dismantling baby. is an LG. <laughs> did, did they just put all of these parts into that baby? Hold on. Is this a million-dollar baby? I'm a, or or is the baby in the phone? Ah. Is it their version of Siri? They cram a baby yeah. in the phone. If there is, I'll I, leave I think it the baby, on the church. You just speak to the baby, and the baby translates porch. the call for you. That would be interesting. <laughs> I don't baby speak. Siri. What do you want, baby? I don't speak your language. Baby, text my brother. He is a jerk. <laughs> baby, I need uh, reservations at Marie Callender's uh, at eight. <laughs> uh, wife or mistress? Uh, mistress tonight. Thank you, baby. So and while we're, uh, I guess we're we're kind of running out of time here, but uh, Motorola is also kind of messing around with that that new uh, femtocell technology, or they they were a couple years back. So that's what you were saying. Does Google own this now? Is that I mean, it was Motorola Mobility, wasn't it? That's what's unclear. Um, it's just I, you know, Motorola. Just sticking around a little bit uh, in uh, in some of their SEC filings and some other. Uh, like PR stuff, it looks like some of the technology is probably under the Motorola Mobility umbrella, but it's really hard to tell, um, at least at this point. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. We'll dig a little bit more into it, but you know what? Uh, not though? sure that we'll get the answer. I just did a quick Control F, and nothing on in this text says Motorola Mobility at all. Yeah, so. yeah, I found another one that's not in the show notes that was Motorola Mobility. Oh, it did say that. Okay. Yeah, it. I don't know. It's it's one of those things that um, honestly I keep running into dead links. Right. <laughs> so hmm. I think Motorola is basically starting to cut the cord. Right. And, uh, they're they're purging their web servers right now. 
This is all going to Google, and this is going <laughs> back to China. It's like a weird divorce. Right. I, I get them uh, every other Saturday and on Sundays. <sighs> so, uh, Anything else we really wanted to get to before we wrap this up? Google Offers app release. Anyone care about that? Nope. Yeah, it was sort of – I mean, it's it was news today, so I threw it in there, but I sure. mean – I I guess I could either get some frozen yogurt or kickboxing lessons. So, I mean, it's just like Groupon and, and Living Social. Yeah. I really don't give a crap unless they're selling, like, <laughs> gift cards for half price or something. Yeah, it, it's just a bunch of crap that you probably don't need. We have a local one around here. It's called EPOnMe.com. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just I'm serious like he oh, must we've, have we've gone to a place he must have not thought about that when he got the domain e p o n m e dot com and it sounds like e p on me anyway uh yeah and it it's it's like that but it's specifically targeted here locally in the in the valley in the fly valley so well you know what's really weird about this is that they didn't choose to integrate this into google shopper or any of their other applications it's just sort of like a standalone um you know just standalone app like goggles and as far as i could kind of what's that own, like goggles it's just kind of its own thing that well i mean i'd rather have goggles than this thing it's just it's just kind of stupid um <laughs> It'll be. I think that they could do much more with this if they start integrating it into like uh, Google Wallet, some of the other NFC stuff that they're starting to come right, out with. Right. But as it stands right now, it's it's. I think it's just one of those things where they looked and they said, "Hey, we don't we don't have an app for this. We should make an app." Quick, and you know, do it Joey now. in the corner did it for like, you know an afternoon. Whoever gets this job, app Joey. done in two hours gets a bonus. Pretty much. No, who do wants, it. Who wants hey, a Froyo statue? <laughs> And you know, I want my bonus. Google Wallet, you can only get that in like what one state or something. It's very. It's not, I mean, it's very limited. Yeah, um, very. And it's on like one phone in one or two states, and that's it. I don't. I promise, I'll I'll tie this back in. I don't know if you guys are following the Groupon IPO saga, but yeah, is it still uh, way up there? They keep bouncing around. They don't know what the hell they're doing. But like you said, Matt, there are probably hundreds, maybe even thousands of these daily deals or frequent deals sites just across the U.S. And the big uh, differentiator between whether or not they're profitable or not is if they have a sales force. By adding a sales force... On the ground, actually. And that's their biggest expense, right? Right. And And that's why Groupon is not profitable. I mean, they're using all this trickery. They are not making money. It's an old model. It's a newspaper it's a cutouts. Model. You're just it's, doing it's, it for us, and you're not even giving us the benefit of having the news <laughs> there to right. b- sift through. Groupon might as well be a Ponzi scheme. And so Google Offers is going to go one of two ways. They're going to throw salespeople at it, lose money, and go, oh, crap, this doesn't work, shut it down. Or it's going to sit there and stagnate, and it's going to be the next, I don't know, name something Google shut down. Wave, buzz. Right, Newton. You know, no it's going to be one of those. You know, <laughs> well, let's not forget that. What if they Google? Bought it? Google is a marketing company, though. I mean, that's their that's their bread and butter. That's what they make right. a lot of money on. So they do already have a pretty good foundation and probably a lot of contacts. Um, it's. I don't think it's so much about getting the deals or maybe necessarily getting the businesses. It's about getting people to look at it. 
I mean, go well, ask anybody on the street, do you know what Google Offers is? And they're not going to be able to tell you what it is because nobody knows about it. Well, Don't. yeah, and it did just come out. But what now what if they bought something like Groupon, a place that already had the groundwork established? And then Didn't incorporated that into – oh, did they? They might have. Yeah, they yeah. did. Yeah, okay. for $6 billion was the rumor, and wow. Groupon turned them down. Wow. Yeah, yeah they are <laughs> um, dumb. I would have got out. Run, well, that's what everyone said. I would get and, out and while Especially people... now. Um, <laughs> yeah. Google does a great job of integrating their products into search. They do a terrible job at convincing the business owners – why they should be doing other things. And here's a perfect example. Uh, Google Tags. Any of you heard of Google Tags? No. Right. Google Tags was something that was marketed towards Google AdWords users. Um, They offered you basically a free month, and what it gave you was a highlighted listing in the places stuff that showed up at the top. Oh, like ads, AdWords stuff. You can buy the sort sponsored of, sort spot. of. It was okay. more. It was more tied towards uh, physical location stuff. Nobody used it. They shut it down in. I want to say it was three or four months. It was really quick because they don't know how to do this sort of stuff. Wait, is this where so, you do a search and it's like a sort of like a cream colored ad box at the very top of your search results, or is this something no, different? No, it, it, it would have been below that. It would have been you know you search for uh, you know car repair and you get a map and to the right of it you'll have you know 17 car repair places and one of them would be highlighted in yellow ah and you would pay 25 dollars a month for that highlight that's what that's what uh tags was and they i think they tried to re rebrand it as something else and then eventually they just pulled it but they don't they don't do a good job with this kind of thing and this is going to be the exact same issue they need a way to actually get people to care Another lesson learned. <laughs> um, we did uh, real quick. We had the uh, the leaked Barnes and Noble Nook tablet release date, pricing, Yeehaw! and specs. Anyone excited about this? I know Joey. He mentioned he just got his uh, nuke, uh, his nuke all uh, rooted and everything. Yeah, it's amazing. The the day I get my original <laughs> Nook color. <laughs> Working the way I want to. Hey, there's a new one. Hey, welcome oh, to our it's world. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. There's always going to be a new one. By the right, way, this, right. this is the story of my life. We got our first computer six months before Windows 95 came out. It's <laughs> you amazing. Just gotta uh, wait. You never saw the ketchup commercials? Wait, dude. Good things come. Yeah, well. Anyway, but it, it actually looks. Well, yeah, good point because I went from Windows three one one to ninety eight, so it was actually a good move. Uh, but um, talk about an it, update nightmare! Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> NTFS, um, what's that? Believe me, I Blue lived screen. It. <laughs> <laughs> you know, me, full but, disclosure. Um, uh, my wife. You know, we're only here in DC temporarily, so she did just get a job at Barnes and Noble stacking books. Uh, but I promise you, I'm not biased. I think that this is awesome. Just looking at the specs and comparing it against the Kindle Fire, hey, if which she, less than a month ago. If she has a gun to your head, say the word banana frosting. <laughs> <laughs> banana frosting. <clears throat> Guys, that's a go. Over. Yep, that. Roger that. Roger. No, I mean, we just are green. Look we at are the... green. This is green. <laughs> I mean, if you just look at the comparison between these specs of this tablet, which I believe they said was uh, going to be coming out uh, before the end of this month, 
Um, compare that to the Kindle Fire, which was released, uh, which the specs were released last month. Mm-hmm. There are some areas where it's like it's got double the memory, um, it's got double the storage. I mean, this this is kind of compelling, and for only uh, fifty dollars more than the Fire, I think it's uh, you know I think it's something that could compete. Yeah, it, well, it, is, it is. good. Easy. They're getting they're getting down to that that lower price point with these. The, I think the hardware is absolutely fantastic, but what the the issue now? Is the OS? Uh, I've got a, a Nook Color. It's great, and it's sitting on the shelf. I gave it to my girlfriend to play with because it's not. There's nothing compelling about the use of the operating system in the way that an iPad is. You it, gave it her that, with, and she left you and said, <laughs> "Call me when you get me an iPad, you cheap son of a." She played with it oh, for the first two days, and it's been sitting on the counter since. Right, right, and and you know there are absolutely some very certain niche uses for for an android tablet at this point but you know and and we'll see what happens with ice cream sandwich but there's something about the form factor of a tablet with that os that just doesn't work yet yeah well i think what's important is it looked like they're running a custom they're running a custom version of android which the fire will as well and quite frankly i i think i said this on the on the fire, uh, when we did the special uh, show about the the Kindle Fire announcement, is that I don't I don't necessarily think that um, they're competing for the iPad customers. They're competing for the people that don't want to spend the iPad money yep. and actually want to use it as a reading device and maybe something to play a few games on. Yep. Period. Do I get one iPad or two of these? Two of these Nook colors. I mean, it's up to you. You know. Yeah. Well, and I, I, and the I, one I thing people agree. don't. One thing people don't even factor in either is the fact that when you're looking at this versus the Kindle, um, you know you can you can take this into a store. Like there's a brick and mortar, which to a lot of the people that will be buying this is a big deal. It's a selling point. If you live somewhere where those haven't gone out of business yet, actually, I think that was just Borders and here are they went. What? Bye bye. You know, yeah, that was people... Borders. You read in Montana? Uh, sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes. They have the There's alphabet in Montana? I have the book of the year, 1969. I bought it at a used bookshop. That and I got Dianetics. I'm just dying to get into. <laughs> but, you know, he- here's here's how I think we need to look at this. is People are passionate about Android phones. People are passionate about Windows phones and the iPhone. Smartphones in general. People are passionate about Kindles. People are passionate about the iPad. Show me one person that's passionate about an Android tablet. That's had it for more than a month. Show me one Android tablet that's worth its weight in what is uh, what its design is, and uh, yeah. Well, the, the, Gal- the Galaxy Tab. Soon, those are decent. You know, They're too very expensive, well reviewed. though. They're way too expensive, man. Well, for, forget about that. You know, we're talking about the people that have them, the people that that got them in whatever way. I, don't, I I'm not talking about the money thing. I don't think the money is is the issue. People are dropping eighty to a hundred bucks on a Kindle and they can't get the damn thing out of their hands. Yeah, it created a compelling experience in the way that Android is not compelling at a you know five inch plus form factor. Maybe right. that's why the Department of Defense wants it because it's not compelling. People won't play games with it. They'll just use it for work. <laughs> right. But it makes a wicked good drone controller. You know. Right, they're they're, they're going to use that accelerometer and steer it like they're playing Need for Speed Shift. Yep, flight sim. Oh, dude, I so want a Dell Street now <laughs> and a drone. Not oh, come with a free drone. Joey. Oh, I hope so. I Why hope so. not? Why not? 
For the price they get for them, it ought to. Give us a year when the country's bankrupt, you can get one at auction. Yeah, right. And a cool Hummer. I mean, a Humvee. Did I say Hummer? That's my bad. A Humvee with a cannon on top. Anyway, uh, fun apps of the week. Eric's got one. I know we'll discuss real quick uh, the best uh, podcasting apps for Android. I'm going to just go ahead and throw it out there. Beyond Pod, if you want to pay for one. Listen used to be all right, but it doesn't work with all feeds. And uh, I know everyone else's favorite's Dog Catcher. So. Oh, Have I they got updated Listen. Have they? I don't know. It, it stopped working with the Jamhole feed, and I just never went back. It stopped working for me probably about a uh, year and a half, two years ago. Yeah. And up- I just stopped using it. Updates were few and far between. Oh, yeah. It, so, like, it was like been, an abandoned uh, open source project. It could have been so good. They have so many signals to pipe into that thing and hook it up to Reader, just like BeyondPod does. Like, that's your stuff that they're using. You couldn't have done that? It was, yeah, it was terrible. I, th- I think they pulled developers to work on tags. Probably, right? <laughs> <laughs> we got to get this offers app out. Come on, guys. Quit effing around with that listen crap. That was at best a 20% project. Uh, are you still coding Wave? Get off a of Wave. Get over here. Put Google <laughs> Buzz down. <laughs> well, I got to say, I'm trying uh, a new podcast downloader uh, on the Nook here, and the it's called MyPod. M-Y-P-O-D. Ooh, you're going to get sued. got it in the Amazon App Store. Going to get sued. Sounds Why? too much like iPod. Eh, eh good point. But uh, it's got one major downside to the free version, and that's that it's limited to 10 feeds. Yeah. But, Ugh. but, there is a major coolness factor. Now, how practical this is, I don't know. But it's a coolness factor. That's promising. You can turn on a remote server. Yeah. Which basically means you can have your phone or your tablet, whatever, with this running on the network, and you can get in and manage your podcast feeds from a web browser. Yeah, me too. It's called Google Reader. Moving on. Next app. Yeah. No, that, that's all right, I guess. Oh, oh, and you can stream them ah. off the device onto whatever you're playing. Hmm. And you can control the player. So if you uh, want to, you can just leave the uh, device with the screen off, and you can control volume and pause and next and everything right from the web browser. Well, that's kind of so cool. It, again, it's it's cool. Whether how useful, gimmicky. I don't know, but it's, it's cool. It's gimmicky cool. What's it called again? MyPod. Uh, this is MyPod. M Y P O D. The full fledged version, uh, and this does have ads in it, but the full fledged version I think is like four bucks or less. Um, and it's, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking about it. It's, uh, it's definitely got some quirks though. I'll, I'll report back next week and we'll see how, how well I've, uh, how well I've done with it. Yeah. You know, funny story about maybe like six months ago, I wrote an article, uh, for a, a different website, which will sure. remain nameless, sure. uh, that sure. I don't think has yet seen the light of day. Probably um, not. <laughs> regarding a, um, an application called Subsonic. Uh, it's a um, sort of like a music uh, and podcast streaming um, web server that you can run on your uh, on your uh, computer at home, and they actually have a really awesome um, Android app that's completely free. And honestly, I was using that, and I thought it worked great. You know, I do recall seeing that in a uh, alleged spreadsheet here or there, and I remember the notes. They said, "Who the f is this kid?" Where did you find him and he's fired? And if he sends in another article like this, 
I'm going to go over to his house personally slap the how taste would, out of How would mouth. a business consumerize this? I this don't understand. This isn't consumerization of IT. Get this the hell out of here. No, you're but fired. honestly, if you're yeah. if you're looking for something that sort of has that, uh, yeah, that sounds cool. You know, server. Yeah, it's Subsonic. I think it's like Subsonic.org. Um, but check it out. The Android app's uh, pretty neat, and it'll do all that downloading and everything uh, to your computer without your intervention. And you just download what you want onto the phone uh, whenever you want. Nice, nice, good fun. Mm. Uh, I just make an eight-year-old follow me around with an iPod and play it. <laughs> Baby, <laughs> play the jam hole. Latest episode. Uh, Seth, you gotta cheaper. Uh, it's cheaper. You gotta pick for us, Seth. Yeah, I like you know I use Dogcatcher. Sure. And I've been using that for a while, and I know that's probably I think that's probably one of the most popular out there. That's, Doesn't mean it's better. Uh, just I mean that's I didn't look very hard to find some amazing. <laughs> um, but I've really enjoyed it. Does everything I wanted to. Um, you know, it's got all the sort of the things that you need. Like you can set it just to do on Wi-Fi and. What time of day and things like that. So yeah, that's the one life hacker picked as as being the best one. Yeah, it does everything I needed to and um, uh, does it pretty well. So I'm really happy with it. And also, it has a built-in. Well, you actually have to pay for this too, I think. But it lets you uh, speed them up to like 1.5 and two. You know, the audio. Podcasts. I never understood people that did that. You just don't have enough time, so you listen to it faster. Like, doesn't that? I, I don't know. It seems like that's not how it was intended to be heard or something. Seth, it, you were going to break your brain with crap like that. That's ridiculous. <laughs> dude, I just listened to like 100 episodes of Security Now, dude. Let's go hack. Somebody's going to go hack. Hold on. And you're going to get up in the middle of the night and go kill people. <laughs> yeah, or yourself. Or yourself, sure. <laughs> be careful with that, man. You're playing with the devil's fire there. Sorry. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but people really do that, right? They just put it on 2X and just, like, Alvin and the Chipmunks or what? Okay, well, in my opinion, there are some podcasts that mosey. You mean where the information you need to get is about... Like ha- um, about 30 minutes ago in this hour, <laughs> 20, <laughs> massive. And, uh, goodness. so I enjoy listening to some podcasts two times. There's some that I'll only listen to 1.5 times. Some I'll, I like listening to one time. You some know, I listen speed, to so. at like 0.2, which is like slower than – because I really like to savor every word. It, <laughs> uh, okay, know. so this one's going to screw Seth up. <laughs> I don't know what you are saying. So the downside of Beyond Pod also is that it's six ninety nine, but – I've gotten more than that out of it. I've been using it. I actually started using it back in Windows Mobile. They had a version, and it was the only worth-a-crap podcast downloader on Windows 5.0 or whatever I was using. So, And then, you know, I, I found the free Android one. and Just the features it did, nothing was doing at that time. And I, I've had this thing since, you know, the OG Droid first came out and stuff. So I've had it for a long time. But back then, like, no one was letting you automatically connect to Wi-Fi at 6.30 a.m., check all your feeds, download what's new, and then disconnect, and you know, and you never have to touch it. Like I, That's what I really liked about it, is how automated it was. And just coming from an iPod, where you had to plug it in every morning before work, God, that was painful. So this was like, holy cow, I can just like not do anything, and it does it? That's amazing. So. But you know, as a developer, like somebody that develops every once in a while, it makes me feel good that you said that you, f- you know, you followed this app from one platform to another. Yeah, yeah. Because I think it, 
you know that that speaks very well to when you have a really good product and you put time and effort into it that you know it maybe the platform doesn't matter as much because people will follow you. Right. And the thing was, I was only using the free version on Windows. Like, I didn't use it enough to be like, I want these extra features. But then on Android, they had, like, even more features. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely... And I like supporting this kind of stuff better than, like, say, a $500, you know, massive corporate program or something, like an Adobe product or something. But good stuff. All automated. Tons of settings smart playlists, all that stuff. So, Word. And, and then the free and ones, that- of course, Google Listen, uh, Pocket Cast, that one's two ninety nine, Pod Trapper, all that. So, What was that one again, uh, Matt, that you said that it was Pod what? The one I use is called Beyond Pod. Uh, Beyond Pod. Pocket Cast is the two ninety nine one. Pod Trapper, six ninety nine also. Uh, and yeah, like Beyond Pod will do streaming over 3G, Wi-Fi, anything like that. And you can set... It's very intricate in the settings. You can really fine-tune it to only download when it's charging at this time on Wi-Fi only, like that kind of thing. So, pretty cool. Actually, my pod has that as well. Nice. Um, only if charging and only if on Wi-Fi. Right, right. Um, which, actually, I guess, where I'm looking at this as a tablet, I, that's less of a feature for me, but I can see where your where your point would be that you don't want to use that up on your 3G. Right, especially if you don't have a unlimited plan. Right. So... All right, uh, Jeremy, you got a... Yeah, um, I'm a big fan of the TMZ app, because I can follow Kim Kardashian's butt. No. Um, disc usage. She's getting divorced. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even get me started. Oh, yeah, uh, let's disc go there. Usage. Can One we? word. <laughs> can disc we stop by there usage. real quick? No, disc. no, we're not going to talk about okay. Kim. Sorry. Take Disc two. usage. She's hot. You can go watch the video later. No. Disc <laughs> usage. One word. Um, one of the things I found throughout my various Android phones is that Android is really good at letting you download and save a bunch of crap in places that you'll never, ever mm-hmm. find. APKs just randomly chilling. Like, what? Well, not just not just that, but just random crap just downloads cache and files and, and updates and yeah. crc checks and yep. you wake up one day and it's like why is my 16 gig sd card full right there's there's like <laughs> three podcasts on it like what's going on so this is the app that i found that does the best job for me at isolating where the stuff is being taken up it's not just a hierarchical view it gives you a bit of a, a visual element to it as well and you can kind of drill down if anybody is used to using a product on Windows like uh, Tree Size, you oh. know, similar to something like that, um, but even more visual actually. And it's free. Very cool. Disk usage, one word. Ivan Volusyuk is the author. Nice. Well, props to Ivan. Ivan. We'll call him Ivan. Yeah. Worst of that. The I. At least he didn't call it like iDisk or something like that. <laughs> but my name is Ivan. All right. Uh, was that everybody? Eric, did we get yours? No, yeah. we still have my my free app of the week, oh, which please. you may remember a few weeks back, I, I did one of those live wallpapers. Yeah. And I've done it again. Uh, this one is just amazing, especially because of the name. It's called Power Puddle. Oh, wow. Yeah, so just let that one soak in for a second. This is awesome. Power Puddle. So basically what it is, is it's a... EP on uh, me? <laughs> it is not EP on me, okay. but it's very close in, in conceptually. 
Um, he's going to get all this traffic, giant... all this traffic of nobody buying anything. I'm sorry. Yeah. They're just going to go and be like, ah, oh, dudes, it's Dude, a real website. EP on me. Check it. Golden. EP. <laughs> so just imagine like you're looking at your background and it's a, it's a giant green Android. And as your battery gets lower and lower, he starts melting into the, you know, into the ground. That is so, so great. Thus power puddle. Um, it's really stupid. I I apologize, but it brings me joy. Stupid you know, just a, or awesome? Because this well, is stupidly awesome. awesome. Stupidly awesome. Well, I mean, you know, you just you're at work. You're kind of you know you're bored or you're not having a good day. You turn your phone on. You're like, oh, my little Android's half melted. Isn't that fun? You can turn this into like a whole mission. Like, man, I have to save his life now. Where's the charger at? Dun 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 dun. Yeah, if you don't have any self-worth, this is a great app. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and that's going to do it for us over here at Attack of the Androids. Eric, as always, it is a pleasure. Oh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> oh, man. Seth, thank you. Joey. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Jeremy. Thanks. Thank, thank you all. Attack. My life is better now. My life has no meaning now. <laughs> thank you, though. I will try and find some. AttackoftheAndroids.com. What's our email address? We have one, don't we? I have no idea. I can't remember. Just go to AttackOfTheAndroids.com. GroovyPost.com. Uh, check out that stuff. Uh, Google Plus. We all have that. And you can follow Groovy Matt on Twitter. We'll post these shows and stuff like that. And hey, subscribe in iTunes. Write us a raving review. Five stars. If you don't do four, don't be a cheapskate. Four is okay, but five. Five's where it's at. So. And I'm sure all of that stuff can be found on the site at attackoftheandroids.com. So, thank you guys. Uh, We'll see you guys. uh, We'll talk to you next Thursday. Bye-bye. Oh, yeah. The end.